Hey everybody, welcome to a podcast. This one, not to be confused with podcasts. No, yeah, it's not to be confused with podcasts. This is talking talkies where we talk talkies. Yes. Uh, apologies that this episode is coming a little late. Uh, that would be my fault, as I have an upper respiratory infection combined with my allergies. That just pretty much made me miserable this week. Balls. Yeah. Um, hey, things happen, and it's a free podcast, so... It's a free podcast. Exactly. Speaking of free podcasts, you can find us on the giant media ball. It's like this giant ball of media. With no fleas. Guaranteed no fleas. <clears throat> um, so this is going to be the uh, the Chris Coughs a lot edition of Talking Talkies. But, uh, you know, that's what happens. People get sick. It's human nature. Sometimes you're just not available to record. Um, actually, for this week's movie network, I actually had to do this in two sittings because the day I watched it was the day I started getting sick. And about halfway through the movie, I was like passing out at my keyboard. And I'm like, uh, I, I think I'm going to go lay down. And then that was the start of full-on death. But enough about me. Let's talk about Network from 1976. Yes, written by Patty Chayefsky and directed by Sidney Lumet. And, of course, has an all-star cast. And, yes, has an all-star cast. So this is the story of the UBS Evening News. You could almost do your... He's not that old-timey, but he's, like, kind of old-timey, the announcer. <laughs> and now the UBS Evening News. <laughs> Starring he's, he's, Howard he's, Beale. Well, it's 70s. It's not that old-timey. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, UBS is a fictional television network. And uh, they suck. And they are in last place. And it's funny because this movie, they, they show you the ABC headquarters and the NBC headquarters and the CBS headquarters. But no, this takes place at fictional fourth place. Exactly. Because what happens, I don't think any network would be like, yeah, that'll happen on our network. Yeah. And uh, low ratings are the theme here, people. Yes. They're, they're in dead last. No one watches hardly any of their shows. And as soon as the movie starts, they're saying, oh, Howard Beale, the, the lead anchor, is being forced to retire in two weeks. He's got two weeks left of shows to do, and he's done. So it starts with him talking to his, like, best friend and just barely boss. Yep, they're drunk as hell. And he tells the story, <laughs> which he tells, like, two more times, right? <laughs> he tells the story about how when he was first starting out, uh, and they were still working on the uh, on the um, Washington Bridge, I think it was, right? Oh yeah, on the lower <laughs> level. Said, yeah, and uh, he was being—he didn't know it, but it was his job to go there for like the morning in the morning report, and he didn't know it. And he gets like, "Focal, like, where the hell are you? You need to be at the at the bridge." And he's like, "So I run down in my coat and my in my pajamas, and I t- get the call for the cabbie." I get in the cab and I say, take me to the middle of the Washington Bridge. And the cabbie goes, no, don't do it, fella. you got so yeah. much to live for. You've got so much to live for. Oh, God. I love that story. He tells it like two more times. It's hilarious. 
Well, how many people do you know that have like that one story that they always tell no matter what? It's called uh, family get-togethers. You hear the same four yeah. stories. The same stories, yeah. Same four stories. In my family gatherings, it's, uh, you remember that time when you were little and you did this? I'm like, yeah. I, you, we brought it up the last family gathering and I the one before it, that. But I like I can now visualize it as if yeah. I, as if I remember when I was two years old. Yeah, you told me that story at uh, at Easter. Uh, before that, you told it at Christmas. Uh, before that, you told it at Thanksgiving. Uh, before that, you told that at Grandma's birthday. <laughs> and it just keeps going and going, and it's like, oh, and it's funny because then they get all mad at you for like no selling the story. It's like, what? You're telling the same boring stories because you have nothing interesting in your life to talk about now. Like, my family used to go camping, like, all summer. And then we talk about, oh, my grandpa would always talk about, oh, there was the time me and Bing stayed up all night in the rain. And the fire was still, we kept the fire going. And the puddle, there was a puddle in the fire pit, and it was boiling. And we stayed up all night, me and Bing. <laughs> and like, do you get to that? Do you get to that point where you're mouthing the story along with him? Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, our, like this was so long ago. Like, uh, my uncle Bing died like when I was like one. <laughs> but he still and, talks and about he's him. He's still telling the story. So it's like it's even like 20 years before I was born. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is on one side of the family. But on the Italian side of the family, I hear new stories every time, and I discover new relatives I didn't know I had. I'm 30 years old, and I'm still discovering more Italian relatives. Of course. Because that's, that's just how it works. So what ends up happening is Howard gets depressed because he has nothing to do. His wife died a few years ago, and he has nothing left in his life. So tune in next Tuesday where I'm going to kill myself. So next Tuesday, I'm going to shoot myself on the air. And everyone just, like, no-sells it, right? Because that's, like, the classic thing. Everyone's just so used to whatever. You do the same thing every week at this point. And then all of a sudden, it's the end, and they go to commercial, and they're like, uh... I he think just... he said he's going to kill himself. <laughs> so they they fire him, but then they're like, no, 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 keep him on. He needs to have a dignified farewell. So he comes back on the air. The next day. <laughs> he apologizes... And then, and then his bullshit speech. The bullshit speech. Yup. I got tired of telling you bullshit. It's all bullshit. Life's bullshit. And that's bullshit. They sell you bullshit. You buy bullshit. And what ends up happening? His ratings spike. Yup. He just yelled bullshit for three minutes, and it was their highest ranked program in years. And I encourage all your these viewers. To go to your windows, throw them open. Oh, a shout out. Not even that time for that yet. A shout out that world. Yeah, but that's his next big rant. Yeah. Uh, so now we're getting introduced to the new guard. Uh, the uh, UBS has recently been purchased by CCA, and we're being introduced to uh, new, Faye Dunaway. New people, and we've got Faye Dunaway's character. She's in charge of everything except the news division, pretty much, and she wants to encroach on that. As far as programming is concerned. And then there's, uh... What's his name? What's his character's name? I never... I, like... Go through through my head. Which one? Robert Duvall's character? Yeah. Frank. Yeah, and Frank, he's, like, the corporate guy. And... He's... He's bucking to become the top guy. 
because the the guy that owns UBS is getting old, is getting old, and CCA's taking over, and so the two of them are like doing this like corporate takeover thing, and everyone everyone's kind of angry about it. But at the end, it's like, oh wait, yeah, but you're last place, so suck it. <laughs> you know. So we're introduced to those characters. We meet a young Cameron Mannheim. I believe no, not her. That's someone else. I always I always mix her in that ability up. But she's like just a bit part. Uh, so yeah, they're doing their thing, uh, and then they're like, "Oh, we love we love Howard. He's he's given us something we haven't had in forever, and we need to strike with the iron's hot." And everyone else is like, "No, it's making us a laughing stock." We're and then jerks. so they're gonna have uh, so you know Howard's acting crazy and stuff, so he's gonna take him back to his house again, and let him stay the night, so he doesn't get hounded at his apartment or whatever. And in the middle of the night, Howard just gets up and leaves. Because <laughs> he hears somebody talking to him, and he's like, what? No. Why me? And then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> and he just, he's gone all day. Everyone else shows up at work, and they're like, where the hell is Howard? What the hell is going on? We have a show soon. The, the, the show begins. They have the replacement guy in there. He's done, like, the opening segment. They're heading to a break, and then Howard just walks in wearing a jacket and his and his uh his, his pajamas, and they're like, "Oh, just take him in there." And he's soaking wet because it rained all day, and they just walk him right in as is and let him sit down. <laughs> sit down. Of course. And that that's what he gives the big speech about. You got to do something. I want you to stand up. And yell, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Do I it. I love that. Walk, get up. Walk to your window. Open the window and scream out, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah, and a ton of people do it, too. And then they all start doing it. And, like, uh, everybody's around. Faye Dunaway's character is, like, uh, she starts walking around telling people to call different affiliates to see if it's actually working. And they're like, oh, they're yelling in they're yelling in Salt Lake City. They're yelling in Denver. And they're like, oh, <laughs> shit. And then they go to the guy who recently got fired. And his, like, daughter who's about to go to college is like, I want to see if they're doing it. And then you just see, like, everyone in town just yelling it over and over again. Really cool scene. Really cool shot, too. It's of, very well of, done. Looking over the city. Of everyone screaming at their mad as hell, they don't want to take us anymore. Well, they are. Uh, so I don't remember the exact word of this, but uh, meanwhile, the lady wants to start a show called like the Mouse Tongue Hour or something like that, right? Yeah, the Mouse Tongue Hour. That's it. Yeah, uh, she's gonna get the uh, like a local communist terrorist group. To provide her content that she's going to put out on TV. The Ecumenical Liberation Army. Brilliant. And so they work out a deal to do this. To do this show. Oh, it's crazy. And like, I remember, like, first time I watched this movie, I was like, why are we, why is this happening? But it all comes together in the end. Of course. So she's working with, they're working with terrorists to put together a TV show. Sounds about like, right. I don't care what what uh, whatever propaganda you want to put in there. Just 
give me the footage of you robbing banks and stuff. <laughs> and show me the wealthy heiresses that you've that you've kidnapped and brainwashed. Because <laughs> people will watch that stuff. Uh, so meanwhile, they've completely taken over the news division, and they've turned the evening news into a uh, like a sideshow of sorts. There's Sybil the soothsayer who will predict what's going to happen over the weekend and stuff, and then at the beginning of the next week, she's they're going to tell you whether whether or not she did well, <laughs> whatever. There's uh, what else? There's like whether, a grind- whether or not she welled. Yes. There's like a grind my gears guy, you know, an opinion piece guy. He's going to talk about bullshit. You know what really grinds my gears? Oh, he said it. Uh, there's uh, Vox Populi. Voice of the people. Yep. Uh, that's like a little vote thing. Uh, that's a, that's a segment. Uh, what else was this segment? Oh, the skeletons in the closet lady. Yep. <laughs> And then, she has, like, a, a giant lock and key. Yeah. And what the main thing <laughs> is, here's Howard Beale, and he's got a stained glass window behind him, and what he does is he comes out, he gives this, like, hurrah speech about about why life is bullshit now, and then he, like, passes out, and then they move on to the rest of the show. Yep. And they just zoom in on his body passed out. And his first major speech is about how uh, you guys are television generation, and you just believe whatever we say, and you should probably stop <laughs> because we're bullshit. We're just a tube. You're just believing what's coming out of a tube. You need to get out there and think for yourself. The the one thing I really liked about this movie is even though it takes place in 1976, it's still very true. In 2015. Oh, dude, everything happening in this movie is happening now. Yeah, it really is. It's it's There's scary a how with much the oil this... corporations. There's yeah, he starts naming all like the top companies, and there's a couple of them who aren't around anymore. But then the rest of them are still. They keep on talking big about problems. ITT. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't think they're talking about the technical college. And Dupont. And Dupont. DuPont exists, they're just not at the forefront. Not anymore. DuPont Paint is Jeff Gordon's NASCAR sponsor. Uh, are they even like his main sponsor anymore? Or does it well, they were. That was like the big thing he was known for. I don't know. I all I know is that... Pepsi now. All I know is that Jimmy Johnson drives the lowest car, and my parents, who are still big NASCAR fans, can't stand Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, my family can't stand him either. He's the John yeah. Cena of NASCAR. He wins. <laughs> he wins too much. That's that's the thing. And usually, it, and his like people that surround him are dickish. But well, anyway, that's why everybody hated Jeff Gordon too. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, so his show's going. Uh, but he's starting to rock the boat a little bit with his turn the TV off and corporations are evil diatribes. Yeah, we didn't re- we didn't get the message thirty years ago. Thanks, buddy. Forty years ago. Uh, so, oh, they're having there's the huge uh, meeting of the uh, affiliates, the big affiliates dinner or whatever. 
and they're all talking about how, hey, you guys, we've moved so far, and by our next meeting, we'll be number one. We'll have all, we we now have one of the top five shows, and next year, we're going to have all top five shows. And so, like, they're having this big meeting, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're do- things are doing good. Let's give some more money. And then uh, the Howard Beale show is, a start, is about to start airing on the West Coast. And some of the people leave to, to see what's going on, and that's when Howard gives his big, uh, corporations are evil. Did you yeah. know that a bunch of Saudi Arabians are trying to buy CCA, which owns the station? <laughs> Write a telegram to the White House. Oh, it's already... Yes. <laughs> Knee deep by midnight. And Frank's getting all these calls, and he doesn't know what's going on because he's the on the West Coast. just started on the West Coast. You know what? We got to quickly. I don't want to talk about this too much. We got to talk about how, for some reason, Max and Diana fuck, and it is such a horrible scene. All because Sybil the soothsayer told her. Yeah, and you're watching this movie when you're not feeling good, and then you just feel worse. And then you see an old man. They're just like, this sucks. An old man starts banging Fina away, and then she comes like, (laughs) she talks about how they say I have too much of a male sentiment. I. I get excited too fast, I come too soon, and then I leave. <laughs> yeah. Aye, aye, aye. But it's okay because he's going to try to work things out with his wife. Oh, yeah. And it was it's all, like like you said, just like in the shows. I'm going to go back to my wife and everyone's going to be happy besides you. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> uh, so... There, everyone's like, "Oh, we're screwed. We're all gonna, we're all gonna get fired. We're, we're gonna die." And then he gets the phone call from the big boss, and he says, "I want to meet Howard and talk to him." And he thought, "Oh, I thought he was gonna t- want to talk to me and fire me, but no, he wants to talk to Howard." So he calls in Howard, and he's like, "Please come with me into the meeting area because I think it'll be better." And this is Ned Beatty, and Ned Beatty's fucking awesome and everything I've seen seen him in, even fucking Superman, where he was a bumbling idiot. Yep. This scene's great. And he's like, he gives a speech about, there's no more countries, there's just corporations. Do you know what the Russians get together and talk about? <laughs> Their money. <laughs> And what they can do to invest in the right companies. And then he's like, you, Mr. Beale, have meddling with the universe. And he gives them the whole big speech. And he's like, I want you to go and be my voice. Tell the world that there's no more countries. There's only corporations. And then he's like, why me? And then he gives them the same line that he says God told him. Because you're on TV, idiot. Because <laughs> you're on television, dummy. Yeah, people listen to you. You're on television. 60 million people see you every night. So, we go to Howard is not doing the normal, hey, TV and corporations are evil thing. He's all like, hey, this is the way the world is now. And deal with it. And everyone's like, uh, I don't want to watch this show anymore. Yeah, so his ratings go down big time. <laughs> so, and then everyone's like, oh, no, our ratings are bad, which I'm pretty sure at the end his ratings were still better than they were at the beginning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm fairly certain. That's <laughs> but, nope, they got used to being number one. 
That's terrible. And the terrorist people are like, oh, he's talking bad about us and we're losing money and ratings because of it. We need to get rid of him. We need to get rid of him. And then this is when uh, Max and, and her break up finally. And he's like, you're one of the two people. You don't have any feelings. <laughs> when Max wishes her well in her future endeavors. And this is what leads us uh, to... Uh, this is when they're like, I'm going to have one more meeting with the big boss. Because he seems to want Howard on still. I don't know why. I'm having one more meeting. And then we're going to meet together at 10 o'clock and discuss what, what, we, what we can do. And then during that time in between the meeting before the 10 o'clock meeting is when the breakup happens. So you don't have any feelings. You're not a real person. You live too much through and for the TV. And so bum, this bum, takes bum. her down to the point where it's time for us to have our meeting. Oh, the boss says he still wants Howard on air. There's something up with that. What can we do? Well, we can't fire him because the boss will fire all of us. We can't do anything else. Why don't we kill him? And then Fred Dunaway's like... Yeah! Let's do that! And everyone else is like, okay? And they're like, I know what we'll do. We'll get those terrorists to come in and kill them, and then our other show will get more ratings! Totally. they killed someone, and we could put in the footage and show it all live. And so, while they're... This is, this is rather ingenious... They do all. They show all this setup while they're talking about it. So you see, like the big boss guy of the of the ecumenical uh, liberation army, and like his number one guy, go in for the studio audience to the Howard Beale show, and they sit down, and the show starts, and the whole time the group are, the, from the night before are still talking about what they'll do, <laughs> and, I th- and I thought this was, was really well put together, and then. He, Howard Beale comes out and he reaches his arms out and then the two guys stand up and shoot him. Oh. <coughs> two semi-machine guns. So, yeah. My favorite is the, the ending line with the narrator. This was the story of Howard Beale, the first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. And then, network! And then it's over. And you're like... What? And the whole credit scene is just over his dead body. (laughs) I also like that they play the life commercial. Oh, yeah, they're showing like the four different stations and what they're doing at the time. (laughs) Hey, Mikey. Uh, Watching this being under the weather. I, I did, probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, but I still really liked it. So I'm going to give it another watch when I'm feeling much better. When you're watch it the whole way through. <laughs> yes. When I'm not drugged up on everything. But it was a really cool movie. Um, being a broadcasting major, uh, this movie actually spoke to me because, you know, ratings and news and everything are kind of what I was taught in school. And it's crazy how psychotic some people will get over ratings, which is funny because in 2015, the rating system is more flawed than ever, but we still rely on it. We still rely on Nielsen ratings. It's it's kind of crazy to me, but uh, and how they would kill for a bad rating then now. 
Yeah. Uh, it's nuts. Um, here's some cool facts about Network, though. Beatrice Strait is only on screen for five minutes and 40 seconds. And guess what? She won the Oscar. She won an Oscar for Best Support <laughs> Actress. Uh, the Mattis Hell speech was filmed in one and a half takes. <laughs> one and a half takes? Yeah. They, they, uh, he abruptly stopped in the second take due to exhaustion. So they used uh, part of the first half of the speech and then the second half of the first take. When he starts getting up and walking around. Yeah. Well, his heart was failing at the time, and he, he died only ne- the year after this came out. He died in January. Uh, before, yeah, so he died. Before he won his Oscar. Yeah, he died two months after this movie came out. <laughs> Ned Beatty worked on the movie for a day, and he goes, Hey, I got an Oscar nomination for yes, it. He did. And Jimmy Stewart turned down the film because of the strong language. Yeah. yeah this is a couple what of cool they facts. Had him be. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have actually liked him in any of these roles. Maybe as Max. I don't know. And uh, there's a big rumor that one of the assassins that kills Howard Beale was actually played by Tim Robbins, but Robbins himself has shot that down by say, saying, guys, I was a senior in high school at the time. So that's not Tim Robbins. Yeah, guys. The guy looks like Tim Robbins, but it's not Tim Robbins. Nope. Uh, This was a good movie. It was fun. Um, This was on Dan's personal hit list, and I'm glad we did it. Uh, Next week is going to be another double shot episode. This will be the first double shot episode we've done since Kill Bill, I believe. We are going to watch The Terminator. And then T2 Judgment Day. And that is in preparation for Genesis, which comes out on... Wednesday. July 1st, right? Yep. Okay. So that is what we are prepping to do. So tune in next week for a double shot of the Terminator movies. Terminated. We'll be back. Bye.